It's time to thrive. Welcome to the Thrivology Podcast with Dr. Lee Bauckham. Join us as we explore ways that you can thrive in your life, regardless of what life throws at you. It's your life. Time to live it. Let me ask you a question. How's your toolbox? Well, more specifically, how is your thriving toolbox? Do you, do you feel like you have a kit ready to go when things are tough? Do you feel like there's something you can pull out and, and work on when you're not sure what's happening? If you're familiar with my process, I work to help people build a thriving life, not because nothing is happening in their lives, but because they know how to deal with the difficulties as they come in life. There's a certain myth in our culture that the, the sign of thriving in life is because you're on easy street, <laughs> that nothing is a stress, nothing is difficult. And here's the interesting thing. The people who are most successful and most thriving in their life don't believe that at all and don't look for that. What they long ago realized is that life is about the struggles and what you learn from the struggles to prepare you for the next phase. If you think back about how we all get to where we are in life, it's all about the struggles and how to get through that place. And one of my favorite things is recognizing that that's how we do life everywhere else. If I want to get into shape, I go to the gym and I lift heavy things because it stresses the muscles. It gives the muscles a chance to learn and grow and figure out how to take on more weight. All through your life, you've done these pieces of thriving, and you may not have even recognized it. I remember when my kids were learning to walk. Those little diapered children were were pulling themselves up and plopping themselves down. And as far as I remember, I never remember one of my children after a plop down on their rear saying, huh, I guess I'm not meant to walk. I guess I'm not meant to stand. I guess I'll just stay down here. They would try it again. They would get up and scoot around a little bit more and work at it. Because that's how we learn to thrive. Little turtles hatch and crawl down to the ocean. But what I didn't know when I first was watching some some turtles doing that is what that crawl is about. I remember this has been a number of years back. We were at the beach and there was a, a nest that had hatched. And if you're familiar with that, when they first come up, it's called a boil. And, and they just pour out. These little tiny turtles just pour out of the nest. The, the mother is long gone, had, comes up on shore, lays the eggs, usually sometime in the spring. And then late in the summer, these little turtles come out, usually because the moon is out. And they hid towards the moon, which is over the ocean at that point. And as they head towards the moon, this is at least on the East Coast, as they head towards the moon, they hit the water. The problem is between the nest and the water are lots of things waiting to snack on them. Foxes and seagulls and crabs and all kinds of things just waiting for that. And so because of how many turtles it takes to get one to adulthood, and most people believe that figure is about one in a thousand turtles that hatch, will make it back to lay some more eggs. It's very important in order to keep that the number of turtles out there uh, up is to make sure that those nests are protected. And so many places have a turtle committee or a turtle squad that's out making sure that those nests are undisturbed, that they're protected from wild animals, and that when they hatch, those turtles are protected down to the ocean. They, they come out as a boil, 
but by the time we made it to this particular nest, there were only just a few that were still coming out. We missed the big boil. And as they were, we were watching, as they were crawling down, and I was talking to one of the volunteers, and I said, so why is it, you know, if it's so dangerous, why is it we don't just pick them up? We don't just carry them down to the water because, you know, we basically have lined the way down to the beach. It's, it's like a cheering committee as they're going down as people are making sure that their turtles continue heading in the right direction and that they're not snatched as they're going. So we're already protecting them and they've smoothed down the sand and made it a nice little slide down to the ocean. Why not just carry them on down? And one of the women said, well, what we realized is if you did that, the muscles that are in uh, that turtle don't get to develop. They need to stress and strain against the sand and they need to work their way down to the water in order to be able to swim when they hit the tide. Because as soon as they hit the tide, they are once again on the snack menu for lots of things in the ocean and they have to be able to swim quickly. Not only that, but since turtles breathe air, they have to be able to get themselves up to the surface. And so at one point, people did carry them down. And what they realized is as soon as they put them in the water, they would sink. They couldn't swim. The muscles hadn't been stressed. They're activated in the struggle from the nest to the water. And that's the same with us, that part of what happens in our lives is that when we take on those struggles, then we get better at the struggles. And so children take on little struggles to learn how to take on bigger struggles in life. One of the detriments of our ability to thrive is that when parents try to protect kids from everything tough, it's the belief that kids are fragile. I believe that there are kind of two ways you can parent. One is that kids are fragile, kind of like eggs, and you have to protect them and make sure that they make it to adulthood. And the other is that kids are more like rubber balls, and, and so you got to teach them to bounce. I obviously believe that they should be taught to bounce, to thrive. But part of that process of thriving is having a tool set of knowing how to take on the stress. In fact, as a parenting model, I believe it's a lot like the committee that's protecting those turtles. I don't even know that the turtles are aware that there are people standing around making sure that nothing, nothing gets to them, but that's the role to make sure that they're escorted down to the ocean, to make sure that they are safe all the way down until they hit that water and they're ready to go. And that's what parents kind of do. But along the way, they make sure that the kids have a chance of taking on those struggles in life with the right tools. Part of what happens when we have the right tools is we know how to handle it the next time. Several times in my life, in my adult life, I've tried to change out sinks you know, the faucets in the sinks, because, you know, usually you'll, we'll move into a house and, and some of the sinks won't be quite up to par. A couple of times we've been there when they've been kind of a um, contractor grade faucet, which basically means it's plastic and it's waiting to break and not quite what we wanted. And so I would change them out. Well, somewhere along the way, after busting knuckle after knuckle after knuckle, I thought, you know what, there has got to be a tool that will let me get to these tight places. Now, let me just give you kind of a, a mental image. I'm about 6'4". Uh, now I weigh about 180 pounds. At one point I was probably 230 pounds. And that's a lot of me to get underneath the sink and to get up there and change the faucet. So you think about my long arms and all of me trying to get up underneath there. And, and it seems like there is this conspiracy to make the cabinet space as small as possible, especially in our new house. It's like they threw extra cabinets down there just to get in my way. 
And so one day after busting my knuckles a few times, I thought, you know, there's got to be a special tool that's made for this. Not just because I am as big as I am, but just because somebody had to have figured out this long ago. And so I went to the store and I said, hey, here's my problem. Is there something that will help? And the hardware store salesperson said, absolutely. We have a faucet wrench and went and got me the faucet wrench. And that faucet wrench saved me more knuckles, more skin off my knuckles and more swear words and more frustration and more hours of busting my head against the inside of a cabinet than anything I've ever had. And it was because there was the right tool. At one point, I didn't know there was the right tool for that. I didn't realize it. Now, that's probably because I wasn't trained to do that. I was just doing it as I went. So no plumber said, here's how you do this. I just was figuring out as I went along. Quite a blessing to discover the right tool. And so what I've realized over time is there are some tools of thriving. So for the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about these tools of thriving, these tools that you can apply in your life to get further along in your thriving path faster. A lot of these tools are you may have already heard about, either in my podcast or other places, but I want to create a place where you're basically putting the tools in your toolbox and maybe even practicing them a bit. The thing about tools is, is if you don't remember you have them, they're not particularly helpful. Because that tool I just told you about, well, that was a house ago, when I was using that. So then when it was time in our new house to do the same thing, I forgot about that tool. Right back underneath, I was going with the wrong tools. And as I was sitting there busting my hand again, I said, why is it so much harder this time than last time? And then I realized it's because I had gotten that tool. So then I had to go dig out the tool. And what I realized is it was so rare that I used the tool, it wasn't anywhere near where I needed it to be. I finally found it, dug it out, but I thought about the fact that if I had not remembered that tool, <laughs> I might have had to go discover it again, which would have meant buying it again. I might have just struggled through and busted my knuckles up and skinned and, and fussed at myself and everything else because it wasn't available to me. So if you already know the tool as I'm talking about it, let me invite you to use this as a time to refresh yourself to try out the tool a little bit, to think about how you might use that tool to bring it back to your attention so that you can use it again and maybe use it a little bit differently. Have you ever had that time when you know someone said, hey, you know that wrench you have? There's something else it can do. And you, you realize that there's something else. So you think of it kind of like one of those multi-tool uh, things that, that folds out. And, and you might realize that buried beneath all of that, there's one more tool, <laughs> that one special tool that you can use in a different way than you've used it before. So as we talk through these weeks, think about how these tools fit into your life. And I would invite you to think about these tools on a couple of levels. First, to think about how the tool fits for you in your life. And second, perhaps how the tool fits for those around you. Maybe you have a friend who needs to know about this tool or a family member that needs to know about this tool and you want to share the podcast with that person. Or maybe you realize that it's a tool you need to teach to your kids. Maybe you realize it's a tool that you might even want to teach to your grandkids. But these tools can fit into your toolbox 
And as an extension, you can begin to teach others how to use that same tool more effectively and more efficiently. Sometimes you might have stumbled on these tools somewhere else along the way, but not yet started putting them into practice. All of us, if you have a tool chest, have collected some tools along the way that don't get much use. But that doesn't mean that they don't have a role. And it doesn't mean that someday they might not become your favorite go-to tool (laughs) on how you're going to use it in your life. So my suggestion is that as you go through, begin to practice them. See if you can apply them to your own life in better ways. See if there are ways that the tool fits that you didn't know before. A lot of these tools are based in the principles that I teach in my book, Thrive Principles. If you're not familiar with that book, it's 15 strategies on how to build a thriving life. For me, it's the backbone of the theories that I've been putting together and learning from other people, other places for the last 30 years. It brings them all together in 15 specific strategies on how you build. So now we're taking those strategies and we're making them into tools. So over the next few weeks, we'll be talking about these tools talking about how to use these tools, how to understand your thoughts in a different way, how to look at the things you can and can't control in life, how you might even think about your responsibility in life, how you might even think about your perspective and how you can shift your perspective, or how fear can serve you to help you build a thriving life, or even use the importance quadrant to decide if you're focused in the right way, Or maybe you need to understand how to apply gratitude and bring appreciation into your life. Or perhaps you need to understand how to breathe in ways that lower your your stress and your anxiety, that bring a little pain relief. Maybe you need to figure out how to build the systems in your life. Those are the areas that we're going to discuss in the coming weeks. So I invite you, as a beginning point, think of it as homework to grab my book, The Thrive Principles. Thrive Principles can can be found at your local bookstore, wherever you like to buy books, online, at lots of different places. In fact, if it's not at your local uh, bookstore, fuss at them, get them to order it, and uh, get it for yourself. And think about giving it as a gift to others so that they have the gift of learning these strategies that have stretched across the years and are brought together in that place. You can learn about that book at thethriveprinciples.com, thethriveprinciples.com. Or grab the book at your favorite uh, retailer. Get that behind you. And then we start next week as we start building your tool set, building your toolbox for your thriving life. This is Lee Balkum wishing you the best as you continue to thrive in your life. listening to the Thrivology podcast. Thank you for listening. If you want more information, visit us at thrivology.com or at thrivologymagazine.com. Remember that Thrivology is spelled T H R I V E O L O G Y. It's your life. Time to live it.